next thank you for streaming thank you for downloading however you're listening to this wherever you're listening to this whenever in history you're listening to this thank you for uh, thank you for listening thank you for your listenership and uh, the show continues and stays free thanks to you the listener and if you want to be an active listener instead of just a passive listener uh, you can go to comingupnext.com.au where you can find links to subscribe to the show from those links, you can also rate and review the show. Uh, if you do that, it really helps to, uh, to push out the visibility of the show, meaning I can keep bringing you awesome guests every week, uh, like my guest this week, Maria Angelico. Uh, Maria, uh, I've known for a number of years, and she has uh, just gotten a pretty incredible role. She just finished shooting uh, the new... Channel 10 show Sisters, uh, which is starting this week, the 25th of October, uh, and you can see her performance there. You can also check her out in her web series, Movement, which we talk about in this uh, in this episode. All the episodes are available to watch on demand online, um, and yes, so thank you for listening. Thank you for tuning in again this week, and now I'm going to pass you over to just uh, an awesome chat with uh, Maria Angelico. It must be interesting for you coming into something like Sisters from a kind of creator's point of view as well. Yeah. Just observing how everything's done so intimately and at such a high level. Yeah, it is really interesting. It's it's like seeing the kind of guts of I mean, I've done, you know, you do guesties on shows and things like that, but this is the the biggest role I've had on a TV series. Um and just seeing it from, yeah, the guts of it, it's, it's such a, like, huge machine. Like, it's just, it's been really fascinating. And I think, yeah, from, from being a creator as well, it gives you, um, I don't know. I, I, you know, I'm really glad I've had the experience being on the other side of the camera because you just realise how little the part of an actor is in Mm. in comparison to the whole production and um yeah I guess I have been I think it's well I hope that it's made me um have more of a team mentality you know filmmaking can be such like a team effort and you're all problem solving together and it's you know it's, it's so many people working together and I think um it's really easy as an actor to not be as aware of that because you're just kind of kept separate sometimes. Like mm. you just ushered in when you shoot scene and then you go back to your green room or whatever. And um, so it's, I think, I hope it's made me um, a little more mindful of that and, and also appreciative of how hard a crew works. Um, but yeah, look, there's so many, I could go on and on. There's so many things that are fascinating, the writing process, all of that stuff um, on, on a larger scale project that's been really interesting to me. How involved do you get to be in that sort of stuff? Oh, look, I'm not involved in the writing of it, but just seeing it from from um, the inside a bit, just the little things like you don't know. I, I know it's always on, on those kind of network shows. It's a team of writers you know it's not just one person but just to see how it develops um and how they work and you know it, it's really interesting and it's it's quite eye-opening how fast they work and um and how also last minute they work you know it's all very <laughs> but it, I, I'm not sure if it's with this particular show or um or it's, it's across the board with all kind of um, shows of this scale, but it's very collaborative. Um, I, I look, I haven't had much to do with the writing at all. I'm not, I'm not a writer on the show, but um, I, I guess being a new show, so it's the first series of a new show, and we're all kind of finding the the characters and the stories and how things unfold. So I do feel like there is 
a lot of trial and error, um, which I guess is there is responsibility, uh, you know, being the lead in the show as well of figuring out out and figuring her out and you know it's makes it quite scary at times because I'm like I don't know what I'm doing like there's nothing that's you know it's not like we're like okay we know the kind of show we're making there's a lot of like trying something out and then trying something else out Um, but then it also makes it really fun it's really exciting and new and I feel like there's a lot of a lot of collaboration I guess because we are finding the tone and the the pace of the show and all of that so I've had a a lot to do with, I guess, who my character Julia is, but in, in terms of the writing, I'm not involved. <laughs> I'm, I'm fascinated by it, though. It's, mm. it, and the writers are so awesome um, on the show that, you know, it's not like um, we're isolated from one another at all. Yeah. Mm. I think it, you know, it becomes so collaborative. Like, one, you know, the script is, I guess, the foundation of it all. But uh, someone was telling me, an analogy or not an analogy but a a story that they heard about modern family and um, uh, in an interview with ed o'neill he said he didn't really know the character until into season two and up to that point he was just feeling it out and (laughs) and everyone was just kind of finding their feet together yeah Yeah. Um, definitely i'm looking i think there's definitely an element of it i mean i haven't seen the pilot yet i haven't um I haven't seen the show. I haven't even seen barely the monitor or the split, you know, when we've been shooting scenes. So it is that thing of, um, yeah, you kind of just don't know. You just feel it out. And sometimes I'm like, oh, I don't think my character would say that line in my head. And then we start shooting and it, and I'm like, oh, no, it feels really right to say that. So you just kind of, yeah, it's all very much on the day, in the moment, um, even though it makes it, sound like it's very unorganized it's not at all it's very well thought out and there's you know it's been a real luxury there's been quite a lot of discussion and rehearsal with this show which is awesome um but there is a lot of like we'll figuring it out on the day mm. yeah and emma freeman is one of the seems like one of the most um employed directors in in australia at the moment what's she been like to collaborate She's with like amazing (laughs) she's so amazing um yeah look i i think she's created some of the best tv in australia and um you know not only do i just love her as a human being um but she's just has she works so incredibly hard and cares so much she cares so deeply about what she does and um and (laughs) See you later. Um, she cares so Ringo's much. Ringo's going to feature as a yeah. character Sorry. in this episode. The, yeah, doggy door. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, Emma, she works so hard and she's got such um, – there's no such thing as a problem shooting with her. It's always an opportunity, which is – I think just creates um, – um, makes such a, a, a creative space and a fun space. It's never negative. It's always positive. Um yeah, and there's times when I've been on set and I've been like, oh, that, you know, whatever it is, if you're running over or some particular issue where it's like on, on other sets, I can imagine it becoming quite stressful and negative and, and you know, quite heavy. But, um, she yeah, she finds opportunity in every kind of obstacle, which is just incredible. I think that's why she's so wonderful. And, yeah, she just works her ass off. <laughs> like, like, yeah, um. Yeah, she's really fun. But there, there's um, three female directors in total. And, um, look, they're all really – or three directors. They are all female. Um, and they're they're all pretty incredible. So, Shannon Murphy and Corey Chan. Um, and, yes, it's – it's you know, I'm excited to work with all of them. Mm. Yeah. But Emma being set up director, I think she's really set a nice um, energy for the, the shoot. Like, everyone's – I'm kind of pinching myself. Everyone's so nice. I'm kind of like, there's no <laughs> jerk. And then I'm like, am I the jerk? What's the, you know, there's like, everyone is just so lovely. Yeah. yeah it's great. So Sisters, I guess, is um, obviously not culmination, but it's 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 a high point for you in terms of the things that you've made as an actor and you know I guess we're speaking before about some of the things that you've made as a creative as well do you remember 
where this all began for you, how it all kind of started. Oh, gosh. Um, yes. Like, I, I think, okay, so both my parents um, being raised, my mother was an artist and my father is as well. And I think it was just uh, being raised in such a creative environment. It was just second nature. It wasn't like, you know, creativity was kind of just how we would all communicate and bond as a family, uh, my sisters, and I was raised by my mother. Um, so it's kind of seemed normal to do something creative. Um, I loved telling stories always and performing to my family um, and keeping them, you know, they were all very patient. Um, <laughs> me, but me and my sisters all together, we would always, you know, make little plays. How many sisters have you got? I've got two sisters, so there's three of us. Um, and, yeah, there's some really funny, like, home videos of us, like, reenacting the bold and the beautiful. <laughs> right. <laughs> and, like, in, like, really thorough detail where it would be just excruciating to watch <laughs> but like we'd even like reenact the opening credits and things like that so it's, it's, storytelling's always been kind of very natural but I think um but yeah look I think I, I I was always creative and into storytelling and I got an agent when I was really young through my cousin was a model and did some modeling and um and my auntie encouraged us to audition for her agent and when I did I kind of I was like, this is amazing. And I got my first role when I was about 13 on Blue Healers. <laughs> and um, it was it was awesome. It was like so exciting. And I think from that moment, I felt very comfortable in, you know, performing. Um, but I never really took it seriously until I was about 21. Um, I always wanted to do other things like, you know, be a fashion designer and be in a rock band or a backup dancer or you know all all ridiculous things but i yeah it wasn't until i was about 21 that i took it really seriously um anyway sorry i ramble i'm i'm, I'm going on it that's all right this but, is um, this is just a ramble great there you Rambly go podcast. rambling but, but there's i mean in terms of a defining moment i did when i was about 15 um my high school drama teacher put me up for a melbourne theater company it was like the inaugural youth scholarship or something where you do this workshop um, with Melbourne Theatre Company, you know, um, directors and creatives. Um, and I got into that and it was the first time where I really, it was so cool, where I really was exposed to, I guess, um, some really more abstract and I guess diverse ways of working and um, storytelling. And um, that really inspired me. To, it was just kind of opened my eyes up to how um, interesting being an actor can be. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So your your background is Italian. Uh Italian, Egyptian, Australian. Italian, Egyptian, Australian. Okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah. My dad's mother was born in Egypt, okay. and my and his father was born in um, Sicily. And then my mum's side, it's all pretty Aussie. Mm. And then that kind of goes, I think there's like Scottish blood and uh, <laughs> who knows. My mum did not look Australian though. She looked very, um, she looked like she was the one that was born in Egypt. She's very, um, very um, exotic looking. Right. Yeah. Was your, was your uh, upbringing quite conservative or very liberal? I mean, it sounds like it's quite liberal pretty if it's very liberal. creative. Well, it was a kind of this weird, weird mix. It was very, I mean, my, yeah, I mean, not, not many boundaries, right. <laughs> <laughs> which is not always the best thing. Um, but also, yeah, really, I mean, I think it really helped me be a free thinker, Um but yeah, look, it, it was it was really interesting. My parents separated when I was really young, so I was raised by my mother, and she was just so um, like so wildly creative. Like uh, she was a concert trained pianist, but um, she was a bit of a rain man. Like she could play every instrument, and she spoke eight languages, and kind of everything was just yeah. It was she. You know, she could not cook a meal, but she could play Chopin with her eyes closed. Yeah, you know, wow. that, that kind of thing. So that was always her claim when you'd get upset with, you know, 
burnt toast for dinner or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah, really, really creative. Um, really, you know, we we moved a bit and um, always doing different things. My mum tried, you know, she became religious. She did all all different things. So I feel like I was exposed to quite a lot of. Diversity when I was younger, I mm. guess. Um, did she try and kind of? Uh, did she ever try and push her own sort of beliefs or things yeah, she was doing bit. on to you? Like I think after um, you know after my parents separated and she you know we moved out to um, far away from her creative community um, and I think she was just you know searching for community and you know and. So we went to some Christian churches and then Catholic and then I went to a Catholic primary school and then a public primary school, you know. So I guess I was definitely involved um, because I was a kid and, you know, I'd go to Sunday school and all of that. I think my elder sisters were more involved, definitely. Um, But, yeah, I remember my sister Ramona... um, Because we were all pretty outspoken. (laughs) She, She... campaigned at our Catholic primary school that there should be altar girls as well as altar boys and she was so persistent that they finally let her be an altar boy and then after a first shift or whatever you call it she was like this is really boring and quit um so you know we're all involved with that but um, I don't think you know when when I kind of was I can't remember maybe 12 when I, I I kind of wasn't as interested in going to Sunday school or church you know my mum never really forced me to go which was great I you know but I did like going because you know it's always there's <laughs> always like cute boys in in, <laughs> in Sunday school or whatever like I liked the social aspect of it yeah, just, yeah. the the church stuff um not so much I remember I there was a, a nun came to our Catholic school and was talking to us about getting the call to be a nun and I would have been really young, maybe like grade three. And I freaked out that night that I'd gotten the call. Like I was laying in bed. I was like, oh, was that the call? And I thought I had to be a nun. And I was terrified because I didn't <laughs> want to be a nun. I wanted to be a backup dancer. And so I um, I held that in for like a few months or a year or whatever, thinking that I had to be a nun anyway. Um, but I don't think it, it I don't, don't think it's affected me too much. My, and, you know, it, Hope and faith and ritual is a beautiful thing. Religion, I don't know so much. <laughs> yeah. Well, the word faith has kind of gotten a bad rap in the last yeah. decade or so because, I mean, it's really just about a belief in something better or something, yeah, um, something, I don't know, something hopeful. Yeah, something bigger than us, which is I think is a beautiful thing. It's good to have faith. Um, but, yeah, religion and, like, organised religion – um, yeah, I'm not. Wow, we've gone deep, Alistair. That's <laughs> how we roll. But yeah, I, I, look, I don't know. Uh, I don't think it's a, It's usually not a very good thing at all. Um, yeah. Mm. Yeah. So, through your experiences at high school and these various schools that you were going to, were things like drama um, sort of celebrated, or was it more sort of on the side, or was it something that you did in the background? Um, look, it was it was a big part of, particularly in high school. I really struggled in high school. Um, I just, who knows um, why? You know, I think I was a bright kid. I, you know, um, but it was more just the maybe the just the the structure of it wasn't, you know, um, suited to the kind of way that I learned. Or I just, I just. Yeah, or the discipline maybe because I didn't have any growing up <laughs> that I struggled with it. Um, so the creative, um, uh, um, what do you call them? Like subjects were just, I felt like I thrived in. Um, and I graduated from Sandringham College and we, my mum sent us there because it had, we all wanted to go there. It had such a wonderful creative focus, um, big Big focus on drama, theatre studies, painting, um, you know, film, film studies and things like that. So, um, yeah, look, that was I was like all arts. I think all my, so you know, I did all the all the artistic subjects and I loved it. That was what I 
did and you know I did well in those subjects and it was kind of the only part of my schooling (laughs) I was pretty much ignored all my other subjects which is or yeah but not just because of artistic stuff I think I was just too busy trying to be cool unfortunately if I like stopped caring about being cool and just focused on my work I think I would have done much better (laughs) yeah but part of being at school is is trying to be cool totally it's and it's you know yeah all that um yeah social learning and all of that but um I I was pretty obsessed oh yeah (laughs) Yeah, I thought I was like the coolest person ever yeah (laughs) um yeah but it was it was big I had some really good drama teachers as well that were really encouraging um there at Sandringham College as well so were you writing at that point in your life as well writing um no I mean, I'd write songs. I wrote, which is weird because I'm not really, I would never call myself a musician. But um, I had a group of friends and we would write, like we had a catalogue of like 20 songs. that Like we would just write and write and write songs all the time. So I guess that was an element of writing. But I never, I never wrote um, like a script or a, a screenplay or anything um, until I was like, what, 25? Yeah. Um, until my web series that I wrote and that was the first thing I ever wrote. Yeah, wow. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I loved creative writing in, in school, but yeah, I never would just write as a pastime. Mm. Mm. So I guess coming out of high school, you know, you said you got your first gig at the age of 13, like yeah. professional yeah. Uh, TV gig. Uh, and... I guess in the kind of subsequent years after high school, you you went on to work on quite a lot of the bigger shows in Australia. You had quite a big role on We Could Be Heroes. Yeah, I was still in high school when oh, I wow. shot that. I was I was sixteen, so I was in year eleven. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's incredible. How would, how did you kind of balance school and uh, not very work? Well, all right. I mean, it wasn't a huge. I think it was only a few weeks shooting. Mm. Uh, I mean. I'm glad my mum was really encouraging of it. <laughs> but, you know, I, I seem to manage okay. I mean, if it was a big, you know, shoot that took up half the year, it would have been more of an issue. But I was so excited. It was the first show that Chris Lee had made, though. So he didn't really, no one really knew who he was. And there was an element where I think we were a bit like, oh, what is this? Like reading. And there wasn't really scripts. Like it was kind of an outline of what the show is. Mm. And I loved the characters and I could, you know, I, I grew up, my mum had really great sense of humour and we we loved all the Christopher Guest films. Like I grew up on like Spinal Tap and Best in Show and all of that. So I, I really loved that mockumentary format. And so I could tell that it had potential to be hilarious. Um, but at the same time, it was like, so all the scenes that I'm doing, there's like a guy in a dress and, you know, <laughs> trying to figure out what like it was one of those things where it could be amazing but you just don't know because i didn't know who chris really was yeah um but yeah look it was it was really as soon as after our like first day our first scene i was like oh my god this is hilarious this guy's amazing um and my my best friend adrian who is a high school best friend um adrian smith she got cast as one of the other friends so it was just like a dream job just getting the giggles <laughs> with, you know, my high school best friend. Yeah. Do you feel like you learn stuff from him about kind of process and how to create character or be in that in those situations? Um, look, it definitely was inspiring, like so inspiring to see someone. And, you know, I, I guess now it's quite a common thing, like a showrunner, you know, you've got your Leonard Dunhams and your... Um, I'm worried I'll say his name wrong, but Aziz Nazari and, you know, the, the people that are kind of writing, creating and starring in their shows. But it feels like, um, yeah, Chris Lee, it, it was, I hadn't, we hadn't really seen that much of it. So it was really amazing to be witness and, you know, behind the scenes with someone who is in that position. And, you know, he stayed in character pretty much the whole time. Yeah, wow. Um, which was really out there. Like I remember at the rap party seeing him without his wig on and school dress and I was like, who is this guy? Where's my friend gone? Because he would just, he would be Jemay all the time. Um, even like, you know, at lunch he'd be like being hilarious and 
Yeah. Um, so, yeah, that was – it was – yeah, it was – and also just really validating to my own um, uh, skill and, and, and comic timing and all of that stuff because there was so much improvisation. Um, in the show, it was all improvised. I'd kind of say, "This is what happened. This is what's happening in this scene, and we just have to go along with it and not mm. stop." Um, despite how ridiculous Chris Lilly's improv got, <laughs> <laughs> which uh, there were a few times where I think they had to cut because we were just like in tears of laughter. Um, is there anything that you remember that didn't make the cut? Yeah, there's a lot of things. I mean, I think some of them are on the. There's like some a special features dvd where there's a lot on there but yeah there's a few things there was this one scene where jamae's meant to be really upset because a world vision poster that was released she thinks she looks fat in it and we're all (laughs) consoling her as her um friends and she chris um kept taking the tissue my character was handing jamae a tissue and he he kept grabbing it with his hand underneath the blanket like a sock puppet kind of thing. And it was one of those really obscure things. It's not as hard to even explain, especially on a podcast, but it's one of those <laughs> things where it's like so a nothing moment, but there was something about it that just was so hilarious. But I don't think it's in the show, but I think it's because we never did a take where no one was laughing. <laughs> There's just something so funny about it. Um, yeah, there's many things, so many things. Like he'd just go – and he'd go on these rants about – it would just get really ridiculous and heightened and, you know, so there's a lot of stuff that didn't make the cut, but I think they're on the special features. Mm. Um, yeah. But, yeah, it was, it was – yeah, it was really um, – I think it did give me the confidence and maybe even a bit, you know, of I think sometimes to – I don't know, thinking of making my web series, I think I was a bit <laughs> um, bit nuts to think that I could make it, you know, that it gave me kind of the boost that I needed, even if it was a bit unrealistic. Um, I think it's good to have that that confidence to, yeah, to mm. go after things, yeah. Yeah. So it was good for that, yeah. There's a certain currency in, uh, I don't want to say naivety, but that kind oh, of innocence of yeah. I can do whatever. Yeah. I'll do it. I'll do it. And yeah. I think that's what I had. I was like, I can do this. I've seen, I've seen someone else do it. I'll do it. And then, yeah, it's, you know, you build this ridiculous castle <laughs> in the sky <laughs> and it, that's great. You just have to kind of get a ladder and build yeah, that yeah, and yeah, work yeah. really hard to, you know, finish it or whatever. Absolutely. Um, so yeah, look, I think it, it did give me that, that, um, confidence and yeah. Um, yeah, and it was just so inspiring. He's he's a hilarious human being. Yeah. So what, let's talk about movement. What was the the kind of process of getting that up? Because was was it so Screen Australia? Uh, I guess what three four years ago decided that they were going to put money into um, multi platform like online yeah. content and creating online content as the kind of next step of the in the evolution of the way that people consume media. Was it that you saw that there wasn't going to be an opportunity here or was this something that you already sort of had in your mind as something that you wanted to create? Uh, look, it was um, – no. I didn't I didn't even know really what a web series was when I wrote Movement. Um, it was my friend Reese Mitchell who's also – he's an actor, comedian and filmmaker and he's amazing. Um, he – we, I would just come over and hang out at his house and he was always laughing at like weird stories I had and he said I should write. Mm. And I think no one had ever really encouraged me. I mean, it didn't take much. <laughs> he just said it once and I was like, yes. Um, but, you know, I hadn't really thought about it. And he was like, you know, you should write some stuff down. Um, and I think it was just with that encouragement, I went home and, I, you know, it was at a time in my life where I had quite a bit of time, um, you know, and I was living alone. And so I just started writing down kind of situations and this idea came in my head because I you know I was doing a bit of um well a lot of therapy at the time and I you know always experimenting with weird things and it was dance therapy at that time where I was you know doing all those like five rhythms kind of things and I always found them 
equally beautiful and hilarious. So I was like, <laughs> well, I might as well write about it. And it, that's all it took, just having this idea. And I kind of ran with it and it just kept me up at night. So I just really loved writing. Um, and it was more as an exercise. Like I was just writing to just out of fun, like just to show race, <laughs> you know, like I, I was writing it as if it was a TV show that had like millions of dollars budget, you know, no limitations. Um, so, I, you know, I, which was great creatively because it just, I had, I didn't stop. I just kept writing. Um, and, and also he said, I couldn't, he's like, you can't hang out. He has a really nice swimming pool at his parents' house. And he said, I couldn't hang out and swim in the pool unless I had, written stuff um so that was another thing as well um but yeah I showed him what I'd written and he was um and I was really happy with it like but it never kind of crossed my mind that it would be made it was more like oh I can write you know that's a thing I like writing um and he was like well let's make it and I was like how the hell are we gonna do that like and he, you know, he had some um, a director he'd worked with on a short film. Jessica Barclay Lawton had a look, and she was like, "Yeah, let's make it." And you know, they seem to have some great people. And I mean, it's really thanks to them for pulling together this team. And then um, a director I'd worked with, John Tomino, um, his partner Lucy Hayes is a producer, and I got onto her. Um, it was actually. She's, you know, it was all she, community. She's Monster and Bear. No, no. no. Um, she was. Oh, look, she's she works for herself now. Okay. Um, but she's been a few different production companies around Melbourne. She's done quite a lot, um, and she's an absolute legend. Um, <laughs> and you know, just through all these people and and Nick Collar, who's another you know Melbourne producer, who's a friend of mine, put me on it. Like it was all just literally. He's going, been on the podcast. Yeah, exactly. And yeah, there you go. He's great. Um, <laughs> so yeah, so it was pretty much as soon as people were like, oh, let's get it made. I was like, okay, cool. And how do we do that? What do we need? Oh, we'll need a producer. Okay. I still didn't even know what a producer really did. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I was like vaguely had an idea and I just reached out and, you know, thanks to like the beautiful people in my life that were like encouraging. Um, and then there was a little team and it kind of just went from there. I had some money. I did a NAB ad, um, which got rolled over. So I had some money and... Um, Is that how you kind of managed to stay afloat, I guess, in between gigs yeah, at that point look, in time? There was also, you know, I had some... Um, my grandpa passed away and left me a bit of money Um and, you know, I was really lucky to have that. I mean, even though, you know, now I'm like, God, I wish I was, you know, I, I guess I invested in my creativity rather than, um, you know, um, what some other people <laughs> would have done more wisely. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, I, I, so I, I had, you know, time and, I mean, I was teaching a bit, but I, um, you know, which was supplementing some income, but I did have that that kind of safety net there um but look we shot the whole series completely gorilla i think it was like five six thousand dollars like it was it was so micro budget we shot seven episodes oh wow um and yeah it was pulling favors like all the money went on equipment and catering like roast chickens like we had like roast chicken like every day on set <laughs> chicken and chips um coles run yeah totally like it was literally it was just like we were pulling favors we were like calling people like i like i remember literally but it was fun like it was great like you know we'd we'd film all day and then i'd be calling friends being like hey do you want to be in this show that i'm doing and then like making props and choosing costumes and like we were just doing everything um but you got to yeah. love running on that adrenaline. It was great. Yeah. yeah. We just kind of, um, yeah, we just kind of managed to, and we were really winging it. Like we'd be like, oh, we've got the camera here. Well, why don't we just, why don't we change it and film this bit and do that? You know, it was, there was a lot of it that was thought out and a lot of it that was just like, what are we, how do we squeeze all this in? And, you know, Tom Neal, our DOP, we like filmed half of it at his house and his poor housemates were like, what <laughs> the hell is going on? <laughs> you know, just really, really crazy stuff like that. Um, 
but yeah and so we it was kind of one of those things where I didn't expect it to be made and then all these people were really excited about it and you know I think Jess really wanted to have directed a series Tom wanted to film one you know there was all these great people Lucy just was awesome and really believed in the project as a producer so yeah we shot it but then we um yeah we kind of you know as so many filmmakers by the sounds of it can relate like you film something and then it's like to get it finished that's a whole other production you know it's Mm. like you need you know and and and, uh, we had some people editing it um and it was so much work like we didn't have this i don't know this will you know, it might not be that interesting, but we didn't wrangle our data, which I didn't even know what a data wrangler was, <laughs> but it's when you're shooting all the footage, it goes on to, you know, your hard drive or whatever. And we weren't logging anything. So it was just like hard drives and hard drives filled with footage, hours of footage. And for an editor to even look at cutting a scene together, it was like, well, you'd have to take, you know, a few days just to go through it and see what's what. Um, and I think that, you know we just and also like you can't expect we had some really awesome people working on the project but it's like they're working full-time on their real jobs mm. and then spending their weekends donating their time for like a web series for no you know they've got to have their lives so you know it got to a point where the edit was so slow it just felt like it wasn't getting finished and we really wanted to be able to pay someone you know to to finish it and it took a year almost a year from finishing shooting to um getting funding yeah, to wow. finish it so we just applied a, um and looked into things and i think it was lucy was aware our producer was aware of um the multi-platform funding from screen australia and um yeah we contacted them and applied uh for some finishing funding and initially um we weren't successful but that in that round but they were really interested in the show Mike Cowup was really liked what we were doing so we were like great we will take opportunity <laughs> of that and keep hassling you and sending yeah. you things so we just kept up Ariel Shaw who was our editor um who's incredible um she just she yeah, she's edited some stuff for me before yeah yeah she's awesome um and she bless her cotton socks was just yeah at the time working you know through the night to get like edits to screen australia and see in hopes of (laughs) getting back (laughs) um and thank god um they they did um help us out to finish it so we got funding um where we could edit it and do a sound mix because you had heaps of sound issues because all we had a different sound guy every day nearly you know um yeah, we ended up actually dropping a whole episode of the show because of sound issues and oh, not wow. releasing it. Um, yeah, so just they, yeah, but um, yeah, Screen Australia were awesome and, you know, helped us market the show and all of that stuff. Um, and it was, I couldn't believe it. Yeah. It was, I mean, it, I'm making it sound like it was really easy, but, you know, it was a <laughs> no, really not, not tough slog. Yeah, but. Um, I think when you give yourself no alternative, like when you set yourself a kind of task and you're the captain of the ship so to speak it's amazing what you can achieve isn't it yeah Yeah. i think there was an element of probably like after we'd realized that we can't keep editing without any money um Mm. i yeah it was an awful feeling i had like i feel like i had like a breakdown i think i actually remember standing outside the hairdresser like you know when you see those women having cigarettes outside a hairdresser with the foils in their hair (laughs) i did that but i don't smoke but I, i i remember just I think I was on the phone. Yeah, big boss. No, but I was at the hairdresser. I was wearing the cape, and I just called my friend, and I went outside. I just had this like minor breakdown of like, what have I done? All these people put so much of their lives and energy and creativity and skill into this show, and I can't finish it. And it was that. I just remember thinking that you know it wasn't going to happen, but it is that thing when other people are involved. You are you're the captain of the ship. I was like, well, I can't if I. I can't let these people down. So I think, um, yeah, you know, it was, thank God for that, for being so terrified of letting people down. That, um, yeah, you just have to pull through. And I was, you know, it takes um, effort, but yeah. And then we, 
Yeah, well, we got the funding in the end, thank God, and mm. got to finish the show, which was really exciting. And, um, yeah. Did you see, because uh, the, the show had an amazing life and, and I guess continues to as well, yeah. you know, in terms of now that there's so many uh, avenue like uh, web series festivals around the yeah, world and so yeah, many yeah. spaces that these things can exist in. Did you notice that there was a kind of shift in your career once you kind of put this out into the world? Yeah, there, it's like it's been incredible. Um, you know, I think in terms personally in my career, I feel like I am so much more appreciative of the production side of filmmaking um, and just the effort and time and love that goes into something. Um, so I'm so grateful for that in terms of um, externally with my career. It's been awesome. Like I, you know, I think we had the opportunity movement went to Tribeca Film Fest um, in New York in 2016, which was amazing um, in terms of just seeing it screened to an American audience, um, you know, as one of five series there. Um, but just I, I think just having the recognition and winning an award at um, Melbourne Web Fest, I think it put my name out there even though I was you know working before that I think it I always felt frustrated about how I was seen in the industry you know I think I'd played some great kind of junkie roles or like the bad girl or you know I don't know quirky Mm. supporting roles which were awesome but I feel like I was only always seen as that um, even though movements, I'm really very quirky in it, but I think just sitting, um, kind of leading a show, um, whether that impacted how the industry sees me or not, I don't know, but it felt like it did. Um, and yeah, just getting the recognition I, I met, um, you know, I, I and I met, uh, Imogen who's Imogen Banks, who's producing sisters. Um, she saw movement and, um, you know, Mike Cowap um, passed all my details to her and I, I met her that way. And, and look. It's pretty incredible. Yeah, yeah. It's, <laughs> it's like, yeah, it's... it's. Um, I mean, if there was ever a kind of marker for just going out there and doing your own fucking thing. <laughs> yeah, to, yeah. To oh, take charge of your career. <laughs> oh, yeah. Okay, cool. Absolutely. Um, Man, we're... we're 43 minutes in. Oh, okay. Great. Give me a few fucks. Because I've, I've, I've worked as a teacher. I'm like really <laughs> always yeah. like got a guard again. All right, cool. Fuck, um, fuck, fuck. Yeah. Um, um, yeah, I mean, yeah, if ever there was a kind of a marker for that, like going out and just doing that, that seems like a pretty good indicator of yeah. the potential that some, like you just never know where you this never stuff's going to lead. And it's not that I set out to go, I need to change my career. Um. If I did that, that would have been, I don't know. I don't know how, what the outcome would have been. But I think I, I felt like I've got something in me that I can share that, you know, I'd, I'd, like when I first kind of, when my friend Reese told me to write this show and then he was like, we can make it as a web series. I was like, what's a web series? And, you know, I'd written the show um, as a TV show. And he's like, well, no, look at web series. It's, Sirizizes, um, and he told, me, he told me Sirai. He told me about um, Broad City, and I watched Broad City, and I was like, oh, I was like, yeah, I, well, I can do that. You know, yeah. is that thing of like that that knowing something in me and following that, um, whether and not worrying about what anyone thought of that, and yeah, maybe it was a bit naive, maybe, but there was something in me that trusted my gut with that stuff. So, um, yeah. But it's the adult voice, the the unnaive voice that will often destroy creativity. Oh my you know? god, hundred percent. You need to have that kind of uninhibited. I'm just going to go and play. Yeah. I think. Like, oh my god, I know. Yeah. It's terrible. I mean, it's great because. Well, you need it in certain. Well, you need to pay bills. Evolution. You need to pay bills, and you need to survive in in the real world. But yeah. I think when it comes to creativity or creative pursuits, you know. You, Especially when you're writing, I think. Yeah. When you in that that really inceptive inceptive that's a word, that foundational sort of phase. Yeah, yeah. It's um. Yeah, you needed to be able to do it. And um, yeah, I didn't really think it, about the external. The adult wasn't really 
present there. It was just like, what do I have to share? What yeah. do I know that I've got inside me? You know, um, but thank God that I did listen to that and do it. And so between movement and starting sisters, um, what are you what are you doing in, in Oh look I've done it I you know, I was on tour with um a play, Bad Jews. What what's um, I guess what's your take on the theatre verse screen oh, difference? Um, I think theatre makes you a better actor. Like I I mean, I particularly the recent theatre role I had, um yeah, touring Bad Jews, um yeah, it was like so challenging and so technical um, and such a journey that my character went on, you know. Um, and that was like, that was, you know, quite a big tour as well and very yeah, heavily yeah. publicised and promoted. Yeah, so. yeah, it was a big, it was a big, big responsibility. Um, it was really scary. <laughs> <laughs> I was What's like the absolutely terrified, the, the play. Yeah. Um, so it's about, it's, it's really interesting. It's about a, a Jewish playwright. It's not about a Jewish playwright. It's written by a Jewish playwright, Joshua Harmon. Um, I'd hope a play called Bad Jews was. You'd hope so. Yeah. Oh my god. Um, No, it's definitely for a Jewish audience. Um, Written by a small known theatre writer named Adolf Hitler. (laughs) Oh my god. Well, the the. I mean, I think the name of the play is definitely to get attention. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, But look, we did have some. Yes. No. I'm aware of that. We have. We did have some hate mail, and then um, the producer offered. Tickets to the people who sent hate mail, and some of them came so and were like, "We love the play." You got to give um, them something for free. Exactly. Yeah. Um, no, but <laughs> no, it's it's by Josh Harmon. It's and it's really interesting. I mean, it's relatable to all audiences, so not just not just Jewish audiences. Um, but it's it's set, uh, you know, in one night with um, uh, you know um, younger generations of a Jewish family. Um, the patriarch of the family's died. The grandfather, and they're kind of discussing and arguing about tradition and culture and how it carries how to carry that on um into future and um but it's mixed with a whole bunch of stuff and it's absolutely hilarious it's like Seinfeld on crack like it's like it's so yeah it's just um ridiculous really witty and my character Daphne um uh Daphne Fagenbaum uh (laughs) who is like <laughs> aggressively um, uh, traditional, like she's holding on to those traditions. She wants to go join the mili- uh, the military. Like she's she's hardcore and really righteous, and um, and you know wants to hold on to everything. Um, and then she's pretty much arguing with her cousin, who's like, religion is nothing, culture is nothing, and he's like studying Japanese culture, and he's got. Mm. Um, a, you know, a shiksa blonde girlfriend and anyway, it's all set in one apartment. It's hilarious, but it's also beautiful and sad and blah, blah, blah. Um, but my character is just a motor mouth throughout Daphne just preaches the whole show and is relentless. Um, and it was just, yeah, it was really challenging. Like it was like a massive, yeah, she's on stage from beginning to end kind of thing. Um, and, yeah, look, I think it, to answer your question in a really long-winded way, yeah, <laughs> it, it made it makes you a better actor in terms of um, that whole thing of like, well, the show must go on, you know. Um, I think we can be so precious as artists, as actors in particular, um, you know, of like, oh, I wasn't in it, was I in it? Is this being in the moment and being, you know, finally crafting a particular line and it's like when you're doing seven shows a week and <laughs> you've got a funny tummy and you're backstage and the lights go up yeah. you're like oh, I just gotta go out there and do it <laughs> um so it was really good for me in just throwing caution to the wind and just I'm here I've got to do it I've got to say the line you know um which is was great and also just being in my body and trusting and trusting your team of your cast and all of that. I think I just, I felt so fit as, you know, an actor and having an instrument. But then in terms, I love films more, I think. I don't know. I love them both. But there's something about film where it's it's less structured. You know, you can just kind of do a scene where you 
cut all the lines out and you're just staring at each other and it's beautiful and I love it from, you know, the filmmaking point of view where you can do so much with music and and also it's immortal. It's it's like, well, not immortal, but, you know, it's one of those things where I always miss people's shows that are in theatre and but if someone makes something, you can always watch it as a film, so that's nice. Um, but, yeah, look, it's they're both as challenging in different ways mm. um, and I feel like with theatre you work so hard as well which is I think it's great for discipline Lucy Durack uh, is an actress and she's in Sisters she plays one of the sisters and she's strong musical theatre background and she's just got such an incredible work ethic it's amazing and I think it's her theatre background I think because she's just you just work really hard in theatre yeah mm. yeah so what was the process for, or the audition process for Sisters? Um, look, I auditioned, I can't remember if I sent a tape or not, but I auditioned, it was when I was touring. You did the pilot almost a year yeah, ago? Yeah, I did the pilot a year ago and it was when I was touring Bad Jews. I think I was in Brisbane. Um, no, I did the audition in Melbourne, but then I went away to on another leg of the tour and it was just constant waiting game it was like did the audition then like oh, I felt like months later did a callback it was very lengthy I mm. can't remember the exact details but I just remember it was really lengthy and I was really nervous because you know I don't know I'm I feel like I'd like to say I'm really comfortable with auditions I'm used to it. I've been doing it for years but when the more I wanted something the the worse I am usually um and I was worried about that but um, and then I was on hold. You're on hold. I have strong hold. <laughs> um, my agent said, which just means don't book anything else. Um, but also it's not set. So I was on hold for ages, and I was losing my mind with that. Um, but then it was kind of like as soon as I got it, it was like I literally came back from tour in Brisbane, and the next day I was full-time on sisters oh wow um for the pilot and then we shot that then we waited we shot that in september last year no august last year august september and then we didn't find out till late november that it was greenlit by channel 10 so that was um nerve-wracking and and then i had to wait you know like six months or whatever it was seven months to start um shooting the rest of the show which it was really interesting, really nice. It's a nice relief going, oh, I've got something coming up. But then mm. also like a bit like, ah, yeah. You don't really believe it until it's Yeah, it didn't feel real. It kind of hit me in our first weeks of rehearsals. We had to do some um, publicity photo shoot stuff. And I was so focused on just the show and the scripts and the characters. But it kind of hit me. I was like, oh, my God, we're making, we're making a TV show. Ah. And, network um, TV show. Yeah, network TV show. And like... I'm one of the lead characters and I don't know how to do a publicity photo shoot. <laughs> I was like, didn't even think that I've like never really done something like that. It was very like, you know, that Vanity Fair, quite glamorous style thing. Yeah, right. And I just felt like such a numpty. Like I like had my hands on my hips and was like smiling like a little kid. Um, but everyone was lovely. They were like, yeah, just, just keep trying. And anyway, um, I, I've quickly learned how to, how to, pose better and <laughs> not that that's a big part of being on one of those shows but it, those elements I think those external the elements peripheral stuff yeah yeah or like we had to do you know some poster photo stuff and we had to go into channel 10 um and and do stuff there and being I think just there mm. has been um you know makes it feel very real or, or when you know yeah those those kind of things um it's pretty cool it's pretty exciting. How do you, I mean, so much of the actor's life or any creative's life is kind of learning to reconcile or deal with that uncertainty. You know, you talk about when you're waiting after you've done the audition, that kind of waiting process, and then after the pilot's done that waiting process. How do you kind of, or how have you kind of learned to deal with that side of things? Um, or have you? <laughs> I was just going to say, I don't know if I have. <laughs> I look. I think I've, I've have, I think Sigrid Thornton once said, "You've got to have a big life outside of um, your acting." And I've, I, 
look, I found that with my writing and um, even with a bit of teaching, if, if, I'm, if I've got something, mostly with my writing though, that I feel creatively fulfilled with, then any acting work is a bonus, you know. And I think it's it's when I fall into that, um, I need acting work to, um, you know, to reassure my self worth or to define myself. That's when it's a slippery slope, and I just it's a shit time. Mm. Um, but look, I, I I think it's yeah. If I'm creatively fulfilled with other ways, I also have like a pottery wheel, and um, <laughs> you know, if I'm if I'm doing practice scenes from Ghost, yeah. <laughs> Everyone says that. Um, but, yeah, if, I, if I'm if i doing something creative and I'm feeling fulfilled, um, it, I feel, yeah, I think that's the only way to do it. You've got to keep busy and also keeping control. I mean, writing's a good thing because I feel like you're taking control of your career a bit. I think it's really easy for actors. I'm sure you've heard this before, just to feel like everything's out of their hands. You know, I'm just sitting and waiting for someone to give me a job. Um, and it's a very passive position to be in. Mm. And I think, um, yeah, it's not nice. You want to be active. So yeah, you want to yeah. do what you can to whether it's even just like a script reading club or like putting on a play or writing something or, you know, collaborating in some way, doing like an improv class or whatever, where you feel like you're giving back and creating rather than just waiting to be given something, I think um, is the key Mm. I think something for me that I'm learning now is that I need to be able to see through what I'm doing in the present to what's the, what the next project may or may not be. Yeah. Because that then alleviates the pressure for me. Yeah, yeah. Like like even working on this now, my you know I'm mid mid production, and I'm I've had I've started going okay. Well, what am I doing next? What are mm. you know. Not that you want to be worried and scared and panicking, but just you want to be realistic, you know, and reality is that in the career that in the life that I chose, which is, you know, we're so lucky to have the luxury to even be able to choose to be artists. Mm. Um, there is time where, yeah, it's, it's not a reliable, stable income and career. So you do have to kind of be creative in managing that yeah and 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 have the foresight to go okay well what am i going to do you know and teaching has been really awesome and i also really just love teaching um so that's been you know really great um do you have any like core sort of things that you try and instill in your students to like chill out i don't know (laughs) not take yourself so seriously we're all such wankers sometimes you know um i think that's my biggest thing and and the thing of like, you're always going to be ready for a role. You know, I, I feel like I experienced it when I've, I've studied, I, you know, I've done quite a bit of studying and you, it's really easy to fall into that. Like, Oh, I'm not ready. I'm not ready. Am I ready? Oh my God. I'm not ready to play this role and I'm not enough and feeling like you need more to, and it's like, you're always going to be castable as something. And it's just, I guess the more, well trained you are or more um, experienced you are, the more diverse your castability is. But I think, yeah, I don't know, just that that I like to install. But I mean, it depends on the person. It depends on, you know, yeah, but just enjoy it. Yeah. Enjoy it and appreciate it. Like, say, God, like you've chosen to do this with your life or even your Monday night when you're doing your class, like mm. just enjoy it. Like I think we, we're so hard on ourselves and we take ourselves so seriously that um, it's just, yeah, it's a bad time if you just do that. It's not fun. <laughs> and I mean, it's, it's hard work, but you can work harder and have fun. Mm. So, yeah, I think that's what my mantra. <laughs> oh, God. We were recording this before Sisters does go to air. Yeah. Um, so your answer to this may shift in the next... Um, in the next uh, few months, but how do you define success? How would you kind of reflect on your career at the moment and say yes or no, that was or was not successful? Oh, look, I think there's always like a, there's always going to be somewhere to go, like something more that you want to do, you know, like you can, someone's success can be different in someone else's eyes, if that makes sense. Like, you know, 
there's always going to be someone more successful as you and, and less, if that makes sense. Um, so I kind of, I don't think there's any kind of set thing, but I, I think it's really important to celebrate the small wins and appreciate the success that you have had, even if it's just from, you know, a, a little like doing a really good audition or um, not taking something too personally or, you know, um, or like going, you know, kind of even when you're like, yeah, feel like you have no energy left to give it to a scene or, or all of that stuff. Um, you know, I think it's those small wins that can be a marker of success if you've taken control of something and made the most out of it I think that's success to be honest I think if you've gone I want to do this and you go after it and you achieve it that's success whether it's yeah sending an email or getting you know landing a lead role in a film or whatever you know I I think it's the same shit yeah, yeah. To be honest, um, yeah. I mean, there's and and I feel like there's some people that, are, in my eyes, I'm like they're so successful, and then you, but they don't feel like they're successful. You know, they're, you know, so it's it's not that you want to be like I'm amazing and patting yourself on the <laughs> back all the time, but I think there is, yeah, I think it's important to kind of appreciate what you've done and celebrate it. And then keep working hard and mm. having goals. Goals are really important. Yeah, I don't know. I feel like I, I kind of answered that in a very <laughs> roundabout way, but um, I understand what you mean. Though. Yeah, I mean, as a marker of success, I want to be just really happy and satisfied, and feel like I've given a lot and mm. given and shared myself and my skills with the world. That that's kind of like would feel like a you know, yeah. So how long have you got left shooting? Uh, I should know this. I think it's about five weeks. Yeah, right. We're kind of in the guts of it now. We've just started our second block uh, and Shannon Murphy's directing, who is incredible. It's so cool um, having three young female directors on the show. Um, yeah, I mean, I've only done one day with her so far, but it was, um, yeah, it's, it's really exciting. How's this experience differed from when you've done like guesties? Massively. Um, it's made me really feel like it's really important to be really nice to the guest actors <laughs> on the show. <laughs> because it's so, it's so hard. Like when you're, you know, on every day, like I have been, um, you know, you, you're such a family. You're like, I, you know, with all the crew and you're all in your zone and everyone's got their jokes and they're, you know, they're, they're, it's like this whole little world and then the guesties come on for one day and you're asked to like, bring it you know and it's um yeah it's it's hard because you just don't know anyone and you don't trust anyone you have to so it's that's been interesting but um yeah look it's super different the responsibility is so much bigger it's also made me realize that um i know when i've done guesties in the past i've had you know you have like a day of scenes or whatever and you're like oh my god and you work so hard and it's so precious and you've put like all your time and energy into it and like punished yourself over these scenes and you get there and you're laboring it and you're like after every take you're like was that good enough and now I think because I'm you know doing back-to-back scenes for 12 hours or whatever you're it's like you can't be like that with every scene. So it's made me really lighten up with, um, I mean, I still have moments I go home at night. I'm like, Oh, I could have done that better. <laughs> but, um, you know, it's kind of given me some perspective on, um, that. And also, you know, like there's so much they can, Oh, sorry, not the microphone. Um, you can, you know, there's so much, you're not the only thing like that controls if a scene's or, um, determines whether a scene is good or bad. It's like mm. put some music over it, cut it all around <laughs> it, you know, cut to a shot of her hand or whatever. You know, there's so many other elements that can make something better. And I think that's been really um, interesting. Also, I feel like I've learned um, that it's really – as long as I, you give variation in your takes, 
um, that you can kind of go, well, at least they've got, they can play around with it and find the best thing for the story rather than just doing it one way. That's been a learning um, experience for me, I think. Just like, we'll try it this way, that way and that way. And then they've got all options and they can play rather than um, doing it a set way, which I think I've, I've learned. But also just um, oh, so many things I could go on and on. <laughs> but yeah, like just how hard everyone works. God, like every day, like the crew, I'm like, God. Yeah. Mm, I guess that can't be overstated. Yeah, they just work so hard, you know, and I get the odd day off here or there or finish a bit early because there's another character doing a scene or whatever. But they're just there. They're just there and then they go home and then they come like 5.30 a.m. and set up and, Mm. you know, and just how much they must love their jobs to do that. It's pretty cool. And you're writing season two of Movement? Well, I I did. um, I, I roughly wrote the whole season last year when I was touring and after we went to Tribeca and stuff um, and then it just got, you know, just got too busy and there's no way we could have made it because we were all Lucy, my producer, she got um, she got an internship in LA at Lynn Pictures. Oh, and wow. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. Um, everyone's just moving on up. Yeah, it was, it was a lot of, you know, and, and um, yeah, everyone was kind of – Reese was doing up a middle bogue and we were all kind of doing different stuff. So, um, yeah, we, we didn't really, um, there was no way we could have made it. And then, yeah, but I, now I'm kind of feeling really inspired, um, to do it. It's interesting. It's like this show that just never keeps getting little things, you know, it just keeps going. Yeah. Yeah. So, so I'd love to make another season. Um, absolutely. It's just, um, up to time. And yeah, yeah. Availability and all of that. Once you go into the PR machine, yeah. Once, um, once it does get a release, sisters does get a release date. I'm sure. Well, the schedule yeah. Will be even crazier. Yeah, yeah. Who knows? I've no idea. Um, yeah, but I'd really like to. I'm feeling very inspired to as well at the moment, maybe because I'm just working with so many incredible people. Mm. Yeah. What a great time. It is a great time. time. I'm really lucky. I'm really happy. I mean, I I don't know. Sometimes saying lucky makes it sound like I haven't worked hard. I've worked really hard. um, Fortunate might be. Yeah, but I'm very appreciative of it. You know, I've got some really amazing people in my life. Yeah. Yeah. That's so cool to see. Thank you so much for doing this podcast. That's all right. I hope that I've been interesting enough. And not said dumb things. No, not at all. It's been it's know. been really great to chat. Okay, great. Um, and I, I end all of my podcasts with the same question, which is, what makes you silly? Oh, um, music. Oh yeah. Yeah. Get a I bit get of five, like five I, rhythms going. Oh no! Just <laughs> <laughs> actually, no. It's just dancing. I can dance to no music as well. Right. So that's like. <laughs> Just, just anything. Um, yeah, I really love dancing. It makes me really silly. Mm. I feel like I can't. I mean, I can dance seriously for sure, but I can't dance without having fun. Yeah, and yeah. people can see you dancing in movement. The yes, show, which in is movement, available online. Which is, yes, it's on YouTube. Um, At www.youtube.com. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Subscribe. Yeah. No, but really watch it. It's great. Yeah. I think. I don't I know. Agree. Who knows? Yeah. Great. <laughs> Thank you so much for you. Thanks, Al. Thank you.